Welcome, everybody, to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Mike Maddox, your host. I'm so glad you're with us today. This show is being brought to you by ASK, a Convergence Networks company. And I have two fantastic guests with me today that I'm excited to talk to. And we're going to be talking about cybersecurity and the manufacturing industry. And I can't think of two better people to do that with than John Stevens. John, welcome. John is the Director of Security Consulting and Assessment for Convergence Networks. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for having me, Mike. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. And I also have a longtime veteran of Bottom Line IT, many-time guest, Josh Gambala. He is the Security Operations Center Team Leader at Convergence Networks. So, Josh, welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. And I see that you're in your home office, so we may get a visit from Stella the Wonder Dog at any yeah. moment. It's the Cybersecurity Bunker, I believe, is its official that's title right. now. Cybersecurity, that's where it is, the mm-hmm. Cybersecurity bun- Bunker. Well, guys, let's talk, let's just set the stage for a second. I, I, told, I said at the beginning we're going to be talking about cybersecurity as it pertains to the manufacturing industry, and we're going to cover a lot of ground today, um, including regulations and things like CMMC. CMMC 2.0. But before we get into any of that, let's just talk about why cybersecurity is an important topic for a manufacturing executive to to be aware of and to be thinking about and why it should be top of mind. So, John, let's start with you. What, what, What are your thoughts on that? Well, so cybersecurity is important to every business in the world, frankly, whether they realize it or not. But in particular, the relevance to Manufacturing is kind of a a number of things that are relevant. Um, Specifically, manufacturing has long been thought of as a kind of a a very physical space, uh, physical space where, you know, it's all about big metal machinery or uh, assembly lines. And so you don't typically associate it with cybersecurity. And so a lot of people have the false notion that it's not relevant. But in fact, It is, of course, as with any business. But the other thing that has increased the importance is that we've incorporated modern, we've incorporated into modern manufacturing a lot more IT assets. Everything's automated. Everything's running on the Internet of Things or there's some computer component that's attached to some big metal piece of machinery. And so we've basically taken manufacturing and we've introduced all of this technology that makes security all that more important but i think a lot of times people haven't really assimilated that notion yet yeah that, yeah i mean advanced manufacturing as you mentioned the internet of things everything connected that's for speed of manufacturing that's for efficiency competitive advantage but that also means everything is connected to the internet right so the landscape becomes greater um josh manufacturing is that you know, typically thought of as a targeted industry or, you know, has it been in the past? Well, I think we, there are some aspects of manufacturing that make them special if you look at things like IP theft, right? Uh, But I don't think that the discussion around who is and who isn't a relevant target um, is really important anymore. Every business can be targeted. if you're out there and you're scanning the internet looking for vulnerabilities, um, I don't care whether your business is uh, uh, 30 people in the medical space or 30 people in the manufacturing space. I just care that you're vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So to that degree, every business is at risk. 
Uh, and to John's point, manufacturing may be even more so because of the the exposure landscape. And I don't know that you mentioned this, John, but you know when you're when you're buying these very expensive manufacturing uh, this expensive manufacturing equipment that's that's advanced and has advanced technologies built into it, um, it can do some crazy, incredible things. But it may not be designed with cybersecurity at the forefront. Is that an accurate statement? Absolutely. It's designed to uh, stamp widgets or to solder circuit boards or whatever the process is. That's its primary function. And we've seen for a long time that security has been a bolt on ever since the internet began. And so that that is a theme that that continues with manufacturing. But at the same time, we've added in the advanced manufacturing components. And without that understanding of security and without having it just be an integral part of the process, we've kind of made ourselves a bigger target as well as an easier target because people don't realize the attack surface that's available. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. So while traditionally, when you think, you know, I think to, to most people, when they think of industries that are highly at risk for cyber attack, they think finance or they think, um, you know, public utilities, they don't think manufacturing, but manufacturing is in fact, you know, up, up in that, up in that group now, right? I mean, they're, they're one of the most um, attractive. And, and to your point, Josh, I think it's because, and I've said this phrase before, cyber criminals travel at the speed of light. They don't have to be all that selective. I mean, they can just attack whoever they want, right? I mean, so if the attack surface is there and the assets are there and the intellectual property is there, um, then you're a good target. Absolutely. So, you know, with that being said, a lot has been done on the government side to increase regulation. Specifically, we're going to get into CMMC today and what that means for manufacturing, because that is a big deal. And it's it's a game changer in how things have been done in the past. So when we come back from the break. I want to ask you guys about that. I want to ask you what it is. We're going to get into who does it apply to, who may it apply to, and what it means. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bottom Line IT. We've got much more with John and Josh right after the break. Stay with us. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and this past year, the National Small Business Association, and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. Welcome back again to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. This show is brought to you by ASK, a convergence networks company. And we're so glad that you're with us. And we, on this show, talk about technology as it pertains to business. 
What does it mean for business owners, business executives? How can you leverage technology to do more business, be more efficient, or protect this vital asset that you have in your company? And we're talking about protection today because we're talking about cybersecurity. My guests are John Stevens, Director of Security Consulting and Assessment for Convergence Networks, and Josh Gambala, Security Operations Center Team Leader. So two guys who know a lot about this topic. Hey guys, in the first segment, we talked about why cybersecurity is important for manufacturing and why manufacturing executives need to be aware of the threat. Let's get a little bit into the regulations that they are probably aware of or have heard of, um, specifically CMMC. So, John, let me go to you first. Can you, you know, first of all, tell us what it is, where did it come from, what does it mean? Sure. So, CMMC is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, and it's the current incarnation of the requirements that the federal government, specifically the Department of Defense, have mandated for uh, manufacturers in the DIB, the Defense Industrial Base. And the goal is to ensure that those manufacturers are providing adequate cybersecurity for the information that ultimately gets used in defense products and services. And so it's a formula or a system that's designed to uh, require all of the manufacturers to achieve a certain level of cybersecurity practice and hygiene. Well, and so that, I mean, that sounds, John, like, I mean, that's a good thing, right? I mean, the Department of Defense is requiring this, so I'm assuming it's geared toward manufacturers who are doing business with the Department of Defense, may have access to sensitive data. Um, and, you know, I mean, that, that kind of compliance with security standards would be a good thing, right? A- absolutely. And in fact, you know, the, the, the type of requirements under CMMC aren't that onerous compared to what we'd really like to see all manufacturers be doing. The difference is with CMMC, somebody's actually checking up on you to make sure that you're following those best practices and exercising good cyber hygiene and security. Yeah, no more pinky swear security like 800-171. So Josh, <laughs> yeah, let me let me ask you about that. So I was just going to ask that question. So prior to CMMC, when the Department of Defense came out and said, we, we're going to have a set of standards. If you, if you supply us, the Department of Defense, um, and we're going to come out and check that you're meeting those standards. I mean, what existed before that? Did the pinky swear? I mean, was that really? <laughs> yeah, self-attestation um, was basically where things were at. Uh, I think uh, John can correct me if I'm wrong, but that was uh, January or November of 2019, was it, that uh, these companies were originally supposed to have uh, been complying with 800-171. Um, you know, they there is supposed to be a mechanism for for punishment if you don't comply but the the method for uh, uh attesting your certification was was very much uh i swear we've done it so you fill out a questionnaire basically yeah do you, do you have these standards and people fill it out and probably the questions were confusing probably people were you know thought maybe they did you know, in some cases, you had to document it all internally. I mean, John, you can go into it in more detail, but you you were required to to meet all of the standards that were in 800-171, which is a lot of documentation. So um, if you weren't compliant, it'd be pretty obvious if something did go wrong. Yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, 
the the DFARS is what the system used to be uh, called. That's Defense Federal Acquisition Regulation System. And that was the rules that predated CMMC. And specifically to Josh's point, they referenced a special publication from NIST 800-171. And that consisted of 110 security controls that you were supposed to meet. But, you know, when you have something that appears in a contract that says, hey, do you do this? And a lot of businesses probably looked at that and didn't even know what it was. They asked their IT guy, hey, do we have security? And the IT guy said, yeah. And so they just said, yes, we follow that. But in fact, most, well, I don't want to use the term most, but many businesses probably didn't even know what was contained within 800-171, much less should be attesting that they were meeting it. But there was no scrutiny uh, placed on that. It was a... A uh, little blurb that would appear in contracts, but nobody really paid attention to it. And that's why the government, specifically the DOD, pivoted to the CMMC system, which, to Josh's point, is supposed to do more than require a pinky swear. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think th that's analogous to, you know, it makes me think of like the insurance questionnaires that we all as business executives and owners have to fill out for cyber liability insurance. And I talk to a lot of owners and ask them about their questionnaire, which, by the way, are getting more voluminous and harder to get approved for. But, uh, you know, their answer is, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really understand the questions. I think I think the answer is yes to most of the things, but I don't really know what they're asking. So, I mean, I think that there was a lot of that. And, and now uh, CMMC takes that away. And that's a good thing when we're talking about, um, you know, national, um, you know, sensitive data. Um, CMMC doesn't only apply to direct suppliers, though, right? It's the entire supply chain. Uh, that's absolutely correct. CMMC is designed to cover every contractor who does business with the DOD, whether directly or indirectly. So if you are the DOD and you have a contract with me and I have a contract with Josh, I have to pass those requirements to Josh. You have to pass them to me. And we all are supposed to be compliant with all of those requirements in 800-171. Okay, so that makes sense. And we're out of time in this segment, but we'll dive into that a little bit more. And I want to talk in the next segment about what do you need to do as a manufacturer if, you, if you're in that category and, and just what should you do even if you're not. So we'll get into that right after the break. Don't go anywhere. You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. What do so many successful businesses have in common? Proactive legal strategy. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer both business and personal legal counsel. For client convenience, they have offices throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Hey, welcome back to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Mike Maddox again with you. So glad you're listening, wherever that may be, whether that's in the great state of Michigan, the great state of Oregon, where John is at, or anywhere across the U.S. or Canada or, or the world. Through the modern miracle of the interweb, we can reach vast territories. 
I've got with me John Stevens, who is the Director of Security Consulting and Assessment at Convergence Networks, and Josh Gambala, who's the Security Operations Center Team Leader at Convergence Networks. We're talking about cybersecurity, manufacturing industry. We got through the last segment, fellas, talking about CMMC. We did get a visit from Stella the Wonder Dog, popped in for a second. So if you're watching us on video instead of audio, you get to see Josh's dog, Stella the Wonder Dog, who's intensely interested in cybersecurity. She'll be back. Um, And what I want to talk about, we talked about the importance and what it is. And I, I want to get into what do you do with that information if you're in the manufacturing industry uh, or a business executive that's listening to this, I would imagine that if you directly supply the Department of Defense, that by now in early 2022, you're well down the path of CMMC compliance, or you better be, right? I mean, if you're directly supplying DOD, you you know, you know all of this. But you mentioned something at the end of the last segment, John, that it not only applies to direct suppliers, but the entire supply chain. So if I supply a company that supplies a company that supplies the DOD, at some point I have to be compliant. Well, I have to be compliant too. So I'm going to probably get pressure from my customers who are up chain. Um, so how can I prepare my business? What are some of the things I should be thinking about? Um, take us through a little bit of that, John, and then Josh, feel free to jump in. Well, so first off, what you need to do is you need to make sure that you understand what's in NIST 800-171, the controls. Because frankly, if you don't understand the controls, it's kind of like we mentioned about applying for cyber insurance last segment and how the the questions have become increasingly detailed and voluminous. So for first off, if you're supposed to meet a standard, you better understand it. Because one of the issues with this is those contracts, whether they're coming directly from the DOD or from another supplier, should include clauses that say that you're meeting these requirements. And if you don't understand the requirements, you could be subject to making a false claims statement that could then be prosecuted by the uh, U.S. government. But specifically, to, to answer your question, make sure you understand them or get somebody who does either on staff or that you're consulting with. Because, I mean, it's it's like, I don't know, you, you don't go to your local uh, general practitioner doctor to have brain surgery, right? Well, it's similar. If you're accustomed to doing manufacturing and maybe you understand how to make the best widget, that doesn't make you an expert at cybersecurity and the details matter in this. So, you know, the first thing I would recommend is make sure you have somebody who can guide you through the process. And I, I don't want that to sound salesy, but the number of times that we see folks who don't get it right because they don't understand it and they just assume uh, that can be problematic. So first mm-hmm. off, make sure you understand what you're supposed to be doing. And then to go back to what you're saying, if you're directly corresponding with the DOD Uh, you're directly contracting with them, you're absolutely right. You've probably already committed to this, whether you realize it or not, because these clauses are in the contracts. But when it comes time to somebody who's not directly contracting with the DOD, or if you're talking to your subcontractors, uh, this is where you have to make sure that you are managing your supply chain, both up it to your customers and down it to your subcontractors. Somebody has to be making sure that everyone involved is doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's no longer safe to assume. 
Uh, Josh, yeah. anything to add? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, if you want to judge whether your business is ready to tackle this on your own, um, you can grab a copy of the 800-171 self-assessment. And if you're going through it with your IT staff and you all become incredibly uncomfortable within the first five pages, you probably need to be looking for an expert to help you out on it because you've got at least 35 more pages to go. <laughs> I, I became uncomfortable when you told me the number of pages. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that's a very good point that it's, it isn't, um, I mean, it's something that most businesses have found that they need some assistance, some outside assistance with, because uh, I mean, unless you have an in-house uh, trained and certified cybersecurity team uh, with the bandwidth to tackle this, which is very few companies. Um, there's a vast shortage of cybersecurity talent. Um, you do need outside help. And I agree, John, I don't want to make it sound salesy. I mean, Convergence Networks, our, our company uh, has the ability to help with that. But so, so there are other cybersecurity uh, consultants out there that can help you. Um, it's important to find the right resource um, to reach out to, to help you and guide you. Um, as you begin to look at the at the landscape and where you're at, um, is it a is it a typical road mapping exercise, Josh, that you would go through? I mean, do you do you kind of identify the requirements in in the in the CMMC and then map where you're at and where the gaps are and then build a roadmap? Yeah. Well, first you need to know what level you're going to have to comply with, which may require you to get outside help just to start there. Um, you may not be able to make that determination uh, on your own. Uh, the roadmap is going to be incredibly important, to, but you also, I would say, want to kind of set a goal for yourself. If you're already contracting, um, you know, then you're probably looking at a much shorter time frame. If you'd like to be able to start to bid on these, these contracts in the future, you know, set out a plan and then have a someone else take a look at that plan and see if it's even feasible because if you haven't started down this path you're and you're not compliant today, you're probably not going to be compliant at the end of this month or the end of next month. You need to be working on this over a period of time, and then you have to maintain it as well. Good point. And we're out of time in this segment, but we'll come back and pick up on that right after the break. So don't go anywhere. We're coming back right after a word from our sponsors, as they say. So this is Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to laughq.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life Welcome back again to Bottom Line IT. We're talking about security, cybersecurity, that is, and compliance, and the manufacturing industry. So we spent some time talking about CMMC. I have two guests with me that know a lot about this topic. Josh Gambala is the Security Operations Center Team Leader at Convergence, and John Stevens is the Director of Security Consulting and Assessment at Convergence Networks. Um, guys, you know, we've covered a lot of ground already, and... Uh, 
I want to pick up on something that we left off with in the last segment, uh, which was to, as a business leader, it's important to recognize that this is not a discrete one-time effort to be compliant with CMMC or compliant with security standards in general. Even if you're not under the CMMC um, mandate um, and you want to protect your business, this isn't like a discrete effort where you buy some tools or you launch a project for a month and there, there you're done, check it off, move on with your life. Um, it's much deeper than that. So I'd love to get your thoughts and input on that. Um, so I guess, John, let's start with you. Um, you know, talk, talk about that. Talk about the ever-changing nature of cyber threat. Sure. So, so first off, you know, it's helpful to think of this as a risk-based approach to cybersecurity. Because, in fact, every cybersecurity framework, CMMC included, is really just a codified version of basing your compliance on a risk-based approach. And so as business folks, my assumption is each and every one of us looks at risk on a somewhat routine basis. You know, what are the things that are going to influence my business for the good, the bad, and the ugly? What can I do about it? What are the things that I can't control that I need to be able to be prepared for? And, And so that's fundamentally what a risk-based cybersecurity model is, it's just incorporating that constant evolution. For CMMC, we have a specific list of things that we have to do, but a lot of those are cyclical. For example, you should be doing an assessment on an annual basis. And that goes to your point where it's not just a one and done. Once you get there, you have to maintain it. And it basically means that you want to integrate security into business as usual so that it just becomes part of what you do. Just like you have to maintain your manufacturing equipment, you have to maintain your cybersecurity posture. It's very much like home improvement, Mike. It's always just various stages of in progress. Yeah, yeah, and I can relate to that. I've got various <laughs> stages of in progress around my house right now. But um, no, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And and what I'm hearing you you both say is that security, cybersecurity in today's day and age, whether you're in manufacturing or not, and whether you're under CMC, CMMC or not, is a strate- is at the strategic level. So this needs to be at the executive level, it needs to be at the board level, and it needs to be constantly monitored and evaluated under some program or some system that's either internally or with outside help. I, I mean, is that, a, is that a fair statement? If you want it to succeed, if you want lots of false starts and potentially a lot of wasted money, then let someone below the executive level try it the first time. But yeah, if you don't have executive buy-in and they're not driving it, you have a, a just a, a, a failed program, basically, that doesn't know it yet. Well, and you, and you hear the commercials, right? The radio commercials all the time, and I won't name any of the companies, but it's, you know, because it's such a big market and it's such a big threat, it's you know, buy this tool and you're protected. You know, I mean, that's kind of the inference or sometimes not even the inference. That's what they say. And it's not, it's not that simple, right? I mean, we, we have tools that we offer our clients at Convergence Networks, um, ASK, a Convergence Networks company, but we don't sell them as standalone set it and you're done, right? I mean, that's not, that's not what they're there for. And is that because of the fact that cybersecurity changes all the time? I mean, cyber threats change all the time. The landscape changes all the time. Um, 
you know, what's, you know, what's the, what are your thoughts on that? So, so there's a couple points I think that are critical in responding to that. First off, um, you really, for best effect, have to approach cybersecurity as a cultural shift within your organization. It can't be just installing tools or just an IT issue because it affects everyone. Um, the, you know, it, it's almost a cliche that you hear that, well, your people are your weak, weakest link. Well, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's your physical security. All of these wrap into security and people and the culture of an organization has to consider cybersecurity to be really effective. So to Josh's point, you have to have the management support, but it requires it to be a cultural shift that occurs throughout the organization. You can't just buy a tool. And even if you can buy a tool, how do you make sure that it is appropriate, deployed and execute it unless you have, you go through the notion, the motions and actually make a legitimate effort to indoctrinate that into your operations and your culture. You know, just like you can't go to the store and buy happiness, you have to build it. Well, it's same with cybersecurity. That's a really good analogy. I think that makes a lot of sense. We're out of time in this segment. We're going to come back and pick up on that, and we're going to talk more with John and Josh about CMMC, cybersecurity in general, and what you as a business executive can do to make sure your business is prepared. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. Welcome back again to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Mike Maddox, your host, recording here via the miracle of Microsoft Teams technology. And I have with me two very intelligent and great guests. John Stevens directs security consulting and assessment for Convergence Networks. And Josh is the team leader for our security operations center at Convergence Networks. So, we're talking about manufacturing today on the show, guys, and we're talking about CMMC. You guys have been great. You provide a lot of information, but a term I want to ask you about that I became aware of for the first time recently is CMMC 2.0. So what is CMMC 2.0? Let's start there, Josh, maybe with you, and then uh, we'll build on that a little bit. Well, it's a change, unfortunately. So we started with... Uh, you know, the previous program. Um, and for reasons that maybe John has additional insight into, uh, they've decided to shift some of the requirements around, uh, including allowing organizations with uh, a lower thresholds of security uh, to self-attest again. Um, so that's one of the, the major changes. But what it really is, is it's 
it, it's uh, a simplification and a uh, reduction of the overhead for smaller organizations, in my opinion. Okay. John, you have anything to add to that? Uh, sure. So uh, to Josh's point, I think it, it is a simplification. You know, the old system for compliance was called DFARS, and that required you to be compliant with 110 security controls enumerated in NIST Special Publication 800-171. With the advent of CMMC, there was going to be an additional requirement for maturity of processes. And so the number of measurables went up. Well, after that announcement, they kind of started listening to industry and they realized that those were going to be too onerous and that maybe might even be overkill for many organizations. So they adapted and they went to what's called CMMC 2.0. Importantly, what that basically did is it took the requirements back to the same requirements that were required under the DFARS program. So you're still aligning with NIST 800-171. And so there's not as many requirements as what it would have indicated in CMMC 1.0. But what's important is that they did keep the notion that for some sensitive contracts, it will still require a third-party audit. The vast majority of suppliers, they're going to have to self-attest, but going back all the way to the interim DFARS rule, that attestation isn't just a pinky swear anymore. You actually have to put in a uh, statement from a high-level official within your company that attests that you are meeting all those requirements, and you have to provide a score. So CMMC 2.0 is really an extension of what we were doing for DFARS, but what's important is you have to enter in a score into uh, a federal system, and it has to be a score that's attested to by a high-level company official, because essentially the DOD is going to hold companies to account for what they say. And okay. if in fact you enter in a score and you say that we're doing this, that, and the other thing, and then it turns out to be false, well, they've actually got you on an official record stating it, that you know this is our score and this is what we do. So it's yeah, a yeah, maturation that, that, of the process. But you could well, include a POAM now, too, for it, which I believe you couldn't before. A what? Well, a, a POAM, a Plan of Actions and Milestones, it's a document that says, here are all the items that we are deficient against the standard and how we're going to rectify that. Okay. And, and importantly, under the old program, DFARS, you could have a POAM and there was no deadline. With CMMC 1.0, they said you can't have anything on your POAM, you have to be 100% compliant. Now with CMMC 2.0, they've realized that it's really hard to go from zero to 60. And so they do allow a POAM again so that you don't have to have 100% compliance. But as I understand the, the latest um, dot information, your POAM, I believe, can only be valid for six months. So they're okay. saying, hey, if you attest, you can have items that aren't deficient, but you have to have a plan to get them in compliance. And I believe that requirement is within 180 days. Well, I mean, that makes sense. And it, it, to me, I mean, with the original CMMC uh, guidelines and requirements, I think what industry was saying is, 
good thing, but we, you know, we, we don't have the time or the bandwidth to be able to comply within the framework of what was laid out. Then I think the additional challenge, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think the additional challenge is the, the DOD did not have enough certified assessors uh, to go out and actually assess everybody. So industry saying, well, how do we get assessed? Well, there's not enough people to go do it. And you can't bring commerce to a halt while we, while we do this. So there was some flexibility given within reason, you know, without, without going all the way back to, well, you know, just tell us everything's okay and we'll believe you with the point you made, John is, you know, an attestation, you know, by a company official, which is a much bigger deal. So that makes sense. So that, that sums up CMMC 2.0 and uh, why that's different or a little different doesn't change the underlying requirements at all, though. You're still going to have to comply, which is still a good thing, as we started this this podcast with. So we're coming back right after the break, and we're going to talk about what you can do with all this information if you're a business executive in manufacturing. So don't go anywhere. And we're going to get into that right after the break. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Stop staring at your phone and plan some fun this winter at Treetops Resort. Dog sledding, tubing, sleigh riding, indoor golfing, ice skating, swimming, racing, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, scavenger hunting, juggling, or relaxing in the spa. That's just some of the fun you can have. And there's skiing, and snowboarding, and sleeping, and eating, and drinking, and eating and drinking while cross-country skiing. I think you get the point. Get outside and have some fun or be boring. 888-TREETOPS or treetops.com. Welcome back again to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Mike Maddox, your host. So glad that you're spending some time with us. This is a show dedicated to talking about technology as it pertains to business. What does technology mean for your business? How can it make you more productive, more profitable, more efficient, more secure? And that's the topic we're talking about today with Josh Kambala and John Stevens, two of our cybersecurity professionals at Convergence Networks. Listeners will know that this show is brought to you by ASK, which is a Convergence Networks company, a proud Convergence Networks company. Even have the t-shirt that I will tell you that. Guys, we've covered a lot of ground. I mean, you've been incredibly informative on CMMC and what it is and where it came from, why it's important, cybersecurity in general for manufacturing, what does it mean to the manufacturing industry. I want to use this as an opportunity to kind of wrap it up because if I'm a manufacturing executive, and I've listened to this podcast, one thought that I'd be thinking is, well, what do I do with this? So, I mean, John, you know, start with you maybe here and just say, you know, if I were sitting in a bar next to you and I said, you know, I'm the vice president of sales at, manufa- at this manufacturing company, or I'm a director of operations at that manufacturing company, and we were talking about this stuff, what are some takeaways? What, what can I do when I get back to the office? Like, what do I do to make sure my business is, is ready and protected? Well, so, you know, not to oversimplify this, but I, I think the the easiest way to think about it is you're trying to connect the dots. You're trying to chart a journey. And the way you do that is you know what your destination is and you need to know where you are. And then you can, you know, connect the dots. So where presumably you want to be or you are probably required to be is to be CMMC compliant. And so that standard's out there. NIST 800-171 is published. You can look that up. 
Now, the key is if you don't understand it, make sure you get a guide because you don't want to start out to the wilderness to a destination that you don't quite understand. So make sure you have a guide and then make sure you understand where you are, which is a lot of businesses figure that part out by doing an assessment, whether it's a formal assessment internally or by a third party. But that gives you your the two points of your line. Where am I? Where do I want to or have to be? And, and that's how you start. Um, but uh, again, you need to know where you are and where you need to be. And, and if you don't know that by looking at your organization, you need to get help to figure those out because that's that's how you chart any any destination, right? You need to know where you're starting from and where you need to go. Yeah, that, yeah, I, that makes sense. And Josh, um, I know you're ready to jump in. I mean, add to that whatever you want, but also um, this has to be, you, there has to be buy-in, right? This has to be integral to the strategic direction of the business, correct? I mean, it does, but I would add on to what John said in that even if you're not a government contractor or not a sub, the FTC has been signaling for some time now that they plan on pursuing legal action for incidents that should have been where a control should have been in place or uh, something should have been remediated that leads to uh, a breach and data being exposed, that they plan on getting involved in those incidents in the future. So just because you're not a DOD contractor or a sub of them, doesn't mean that you should um, not pursue this as well. And 800-171 is a good place to start for any business. It's great, strong controls, uh, but you have to actually start asking questions. There's a good chance your IT department isn't going to pursue this on their own. So as a business owner, you need to make them aware that this is a priority for your organization, that you support them in trying to get to uh, uh, implementation of these controls. You have to be involved in it. Yeah, which brings up another point. We touched on it earlier a little bit, um, which is, you know, often your IT department will need some outside assistance. Not that your IT department is not fully capable of very smart people. I'm sure they are. But IT skills and cybersecurity skills are kind of two different things. The training's different. Certifications are different. Um, and there, and we've seen, and I've seen that clearly as a business owner and a, in the IT industry, where I used to think, man, they're all they're all skilled in in those areas. Well, they're not. They're, the training is different, and the skill sets are different, and the paths are different. The career paths. So, um, you know, allow your IT staff to reach out and bring in somebody they can work with that is a little more well versed and more on top of some of the cybersecurity aspects. Correct. Absolutely. Well, and on that note too. It's imperative that there be somebody who owns the process. And that might be somebody on the IT department who requires special training, or more likely, it's better if it's one of your executives that are higher up in the company who they're going to be the one who is overall accountable. Because if you just delegate it to IT, uh, that that's, uh, in my opinion, short-sighted because it affects the entire business, not just IT. Very good point. Uh, for more on this, if you're listening, Josh and John are going to be doing a uh, webinar coming up on February 23rd in uh, collaboration and sponsored by the Michigan Manufacturing Organization, uh, the Michigan Manufacturing Association, MMA uh, for short. And so if you want more information on the webinar, you can get that at mimfg.org, mimfg.org. 
Uh, if you want more information on cybersecurity standards, cybersecurity consulting best practice, you can get that at convergencenetworks.com. That's convergencenetworks.com or justask.net. ASK, justask.net. Of course, being a Convergence Networks company. Guys, I want to thank you for being on today and all the great information you've shared and uh, wish you all the best. Josh, thank you for inviting Penny and Stella, the Wonder Dogs, to join us as well. Absolutely. Anytime. You thank, you all for, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back next time on Bottom Line IT. Thanks, Mike. On the Michigan Business Network.